What did you tell the pastor? Oh. <laughs> you dropped the story. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I just get wrapped up in the yeah, yeah. Uh, working through. Uh, what did I think about uh, her anxiety and fear? She wasn't asking me. He asked me, which is very awkward because her head just went down like this right away. And I, I just started with we all understand uh, anxiety and fear. We've all been there. We all have had anxious and worrisome times and, and fearful times. So I just, it's common to man. I, I w- didn't want her to think that she's unique. Um, we all understand it. So I just started there. And, uh, but then I said, but there is help and hope that you don't have to be overtaken by that worry and fear and can still really love God and love other people. And uh, something to that sort of, um, I we identify, but there is help and hope that we don't. We can still love God with all our heart and love our neighbor as ourselves. And I don't remember seeing her in any of the conferences. Of course, I, I I don't always know everyone who was in the room, but we taught there uh, for the next several days. I just don't remember seeing her in any of the workshops. So I don't know whatever happened, whether she went, didn't go. I can't imagine her going without working through her heart and mind on that issue with the, the plane. So afterwards, though, I did circle back with the pastor. And I said, well, pastor, that was a, a bit awkward. And he said, I'm really sorry. Put, I put you on the spot. I'm really sorry. And I said, yeah. I said, but she does need some help. She really does need because that's not one, it's not isolated. She, her, her wanting to control and all the things she wants affects everyone in that family and her whole life. But she really does need help. And uh, as an elder's wife, especially as other women are looking up to her. And he agreed. So, yeah, that's where we're at. All right, well, there are a number of questions that came in. I have a few questions that I've um, <laughs> thought about. Um, and you may have questions that you didn't write down, so there is a microphone available. Um, let me get started with the first one, and then um, we'll see if some of you all have questions as well. Um, so here's a question. How uh, can you best help a spouse that is dealing with anxiety? Um, they're doing 12 steps, cognitive behavior therapy, controlling diet, etc. So they're into some of the mm-hmm. worldly practices. How do you come along as a spouse and help? Uh, always challenging when um, what do you do in this situation there's a lot we all need to know about that situation. Uh, don't raise your hand and say, this is my spouse sitting here. Uh, but it, it, it's, there's a lot of information. Are they a believer? Uh, are they growing in their faith? There's what's all been going on? What, how, what's the pattern here? When did this start? of struggling with anxiety and fear? Was there some sort of event that happened? And I I just want to know a lot more before here, uh, this is how to help that person. They've gotten involved in various seeking help uh, sort of on that that ship of um, various therapies. 
but I would try to encourage them to get biblical counseling. Spouses aren't always the best counselor for another spouse. And you know, that's not just a preference of mine. That's Titus chapter 2 that even says the, the older, godlier women are to help the younger women to what? How to love their husbands and love their children. That just means I can't teach my wife, I can't help her how to love me and how to love our children. I need the help of other godly women in the church. And so I would maybe suggest that if it's a husband that he gets some good biblical counseling, let the let the counselor find out all the information and try to uh, help them. I think it's hard to take away the therapies of the world without bringing in uh, the, the best counsel from Scripture. Yeah. And uh, usually when they see that, they go, what am I doing with this, and, and move that way. Could even the husband maybe just start some practices of family disciplines in the home yeah. without overtly addressing yeah. the issue, but in a sense coming from the back door with gentleness, which he should be doing anyway, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just uh, bringing God in to mm-hmm. the conversations and thought life and the yeah. Deuteronomy 6, just when you rise up, when you lie down, you're just, I want everyone around me to know I'm the Lord's here, we're living for him, and try to encourage, yeah. Uh, um, I have found your chapter, I think it's chapter 15, um, about how to handle, how to help a, a spouse mm-hmm. that's in sin. Um, it's oriented towards husbands, helping wives, of course, but honestly, as I've read that chapter, it, it works both ways. Yeah, there are 14 chapters for the husband to get his life together before he goes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> But that, but, yeah, that really right. is helpful, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I commend that resource to you. Um, how do you counsel a believer that is suffering from anxiety because of, because of consequences from a sinful decision? Um, let's suppose that they have repented from that sin, but there's still consequences are ongoing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, depending on what that issue was. I mean, I know of a woman who is very fearful, uh, anxious, fearful, uh, every time she saw a policeman. Hmm. Anytime a police car drove into her apartment complex, she would go into almost panic attacks. So her brother brought her to get some counseling, and he sat in with her. And I just said, "What? when did this start? And she said, back in another state, she wrote bad checks. And they, and she knew what she was doing. She was writing a lot of bad checks. And, uh, she got away with it. And so she took off. She knew she's gonna, is gonna get caught, uh, at some point. So she left the state, moved to another state where we were. And that's why she thought the police were coming for her. Uh, she confessed it many times to God. And still, Panicked anytime she saw policemen, police cars. And so I said, well, there's a way to clean your conscience. Uh, we were to have a clean conscience in First Timothy uh, chapter 1. You know, a good, clear, sincere faith, but clear conscience. So to do that is not just confessing to God, but also confess to uh, the bank, uh, call them, and the police department in the area, just in case they have your your name and their, I didn't think they were looking for her or anything, but I, just in case, police, bank, 
And so let's write out what you're going to say to them. Uh, and we'll be in here the room when you're on the phone call with them, uh, her brother and, and me. And let's just start that way. And so she wrote it all down, worked up the draft. We edited a little bit and she goes, okay, I said, all right, this is the big day. So let's call the police first. And she called them and they didn't have any record of her. <laughs> they weren't looking for her. And, uh, we had on speakerphone and, she confessed, she read, she read her statement. So she didn't want to mess it up, just read her statement. And it's kind of quiet on the other end. It's like, well, I'm glad, uh, glad that you, sorry about it. We hope you never do it again. <laughs> and it was, uh, thank you very much. And it was done. It's like, oh, you can just see that, ah, uh, just, the. Um, the ease of her mind, but now we have the bank. So then she calls the bank, the manager, and he goes, "You know, we we don't have any record. We that was years ago. It was years ago. We've written all of that stuff off, and we've went on, you know. And same thing, you know. I'm glad. Um, hope that you've learned a lesson that you'll never do that again. And when uh, when she hung up, it was like. Hallelujah, you know, and like there, there you go. So when there's fear of or anxiousness about a consequence, uh, you have to explore what what happened. Yeah. What was the repentance like? Did it involve the right people uh, before God and then before man? And then just walk through the steps and whatever the consequences. And you know what? She was willing to turn herself in, go back to the state if she went to jail. She had to kind of think through um, doing this meant whatever the consequences may be, she was willing to... Uh, that's part of repentance, by the way, in 2 Corinthians 7. It's one of the marks is you want justice yeah. and you're willing to um, turn yourself in. And but that was a... I, all that to say, you'd have, I'd have, you, know, you know more about the situation and then walk the person through... Uh, true repentance. And then from there, it's just the regret that you did something like that. Uh, that is something that I think every human being uh, has a regret. You don't live in your regrets. It's just when you remember what you did and how shameful, how sinful it was, you have to quickly then turn to Christ. Otherwise, you start wallowing around in it um, and be accused by the, the accuser Yes, I did wrong, but thank God there's forgiveness with him, there's mercy with him, and now I need to move on in the right direction. So, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and feel free. I mean, Terry, you, you've counseled for a lot of years. No, we, feel free to jump the, in. You're the expert. No. So, <laughs> um, so here, here's a question, and I have a kind of a, a follow-up to it. Um, as well, could you point me to some examples of worry, concern, anxiety in the Old Testament? So um, she's, she's not explicit, but I'm going to say maybe maybe some ungodly ways of responding so that you can use as um, this is not the way to do it. And then this is positively a, a, a good way to respond to anxiety and worry. Um, yeah, I mean, wow, where do you where do you not go? Yeah. Um, I, I, 
you know, I'm thinking about um, you have Cain and Abel. Um, you see the concern that he had after killing his brother. Uh, you have um, Adam and Eve uh, very much concerned and fearful, hiding themselves after they send. I mean, you don't have to get out of Genesis for most any sin. Uh, the first book, Esau, um, I'm sorry, Jacob, uh, who was worried and fearful about meeting up uh, with his brother that he tricked. So you just, you know, so many of them, you see the wrong way. Abraham, anxious and fearful about, I'm going to be killed because they want twice, uh, his, they want his wife. I mean, two different situations. And he lies about, she's not my wife, she's just my sister. Yeah, well, this is a man of faith. This is Abraham. But that's where a concern went, without God, went to anxiety and fear. And God was gracious with Abraham. Um, So those, I mean, we just keep going. There are so many of where they've, didn't handle things right, and God was still merciful and gracious. Um, maybe you all can help me think. Those that had a concern, but they I mean, just the, uh, turned to the Lord in faith. Nebuchadnezzar with the famine. Boy, he just lays it out before the Lord, and there are armies out there, and uh, you see the Lord answer the prayer. Um, Daniel's friends. Oh, Daniel's friends, yeah. Yeah, do what uh, you got to do, but mm-hmm. yep. same same with Daniel, yeah. next chapter. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if you just spend some time thinking, reading, yeah. th- there's the wrong way. And with God's children, when they do the wrong way, God still is so gracious with them. And then those that handled it in the right way. Yeah. yeah. Um, follow-up that I had to that was... Um, Middle of the night, 2 a.m., we, we, we tend to fall into these things often, mm-hmm. middle of the night, when nothing can be done, right? So yeah. um, it's today's problem, but it's 2 a.m., <laughs> yep. and that's not usually a productive time for doing things, I yep. have found. Um, and, and that's when the mind starts going places. So yep. maybe give us, and, and I think it was on one of your slides, but maybe six or eight of your go-to passages that help you reorient your mind when you find your mind going out of control. Because, in fact, let me just say, sometimes, you know, you mentioned prayer, even praying about it. Um, a guy I know, um, quite intimately, when he starts praying, it tends to cycle the discouragement all the more. Because mm. I'm thinking, oh, excuse me, my friend. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking about that situation more yeah. and my lack of control over it. Yeah. So what are some passages that you would recommend that we well, be it, meditating on? Depending on what the concern is. And if I wake up in the middle of the night, uh, praying, meditating and praying is never wasted time. Mm-hmm. So if you say, well, I couldn't sleep for an hour. Yeah, but if you prayed and meditated... That was actually profitable time, even though you wake up a little tired. Uh, you're never wasting time. You're never doing wrong by being awake, meditating, and praying. Um, but depending on what the concern is, uh, I, I, the Philippians 4 passage, mm-hmm. I mean, just kind of walk through that again, that, um, that worship, the right praying, right thinking, and then actions I might take. 
I even have my phone near the bed and I will uh, turn it on. I have a note section and I can type a note in because something will come to my mind like I need to call that person or I need to do this, which I'll forget when I wake up in the morning. So some people will say put a pad of paper there Mm -hmm. that you can just scratch something down even in the dark if you need to. Um, If you go, oh, I forgot to, I need to do that then I, I type it on my phone, and then I go back to bed. So those kind of concerns, things to do. The passages, Philippians 4 is a, a go-to passage. Titus, a chapter 2, 11 to 14, mm-hmm. is sort of a go-to passage for me that rehearses the gospel. I mean, it, 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 from our salvation, sanctification, to glorification, it's all neatly packaged and just keeps us waiting for the Lord's return right in the middle of it. That, in the morning when I wake up, when I can't sleep, uh, stays on my mind. Uh, the That Psalm 46, that he is our refuge and strength. Um, the 2 Corinthians 12, uh, it's not my strength, it's Christ's strength and my weakness. I bring my weakness, he brings his strength. So depending on what that concern slash worry is becoming, um, I'm trying to think of a passage or verse that I can go to. That sympathetic high priest in Hebrews 4, the Lord hears, he understands, he can sympathize mm-hmm. with us. There's nothing that we're encountering that he hasn't in in, in a deeper, more full way. And he's able to help us in time of need. So those are some of the, the passages. I don't know, different ones will yeah. come to my mind, which is really a, a grace of, the, of God, of his spirit, to bring certain passages or verses to my mind, depending on what it is. But I pray for people, too. It's a good time to intercede for people if you just can't sleep. Just intercede, yeah. and then do ask yourself: Did I probably shouldn't have drank that caffeine drink, <laughs> or eat dark chocolate? At, uh, oh no 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 at, no no no! Now you've gone uh, to meddling. Yeah. <laughs> so I I do I kind of think back and say: Was there anything that I that I ate that was a stimulant? That um, mm. if it's robbing me of sleep, I just want to be careful. I'm not. I'm trying to steward myself pretty well there so I don't keep doing the same thing night after night and now I'm waking up tired every day and I'm so just I found Matthew 6 really helpful and I mm. actually kind of work through the last part of that verse 33 you know each day has enough trouble of its own yeah and then I will I will go through a series of questions with myself about that okay is this today's problem or tomorrow's okay. problem a two okay. a two it's today's now <laughs> could be yesterday's, but it's kind of today's, and it's kind of tomorrow's. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but, um, okay, yes, it's a problem today. Yeah. Uh, and then the next question is, have I been faithful to do everything I could do mm. about yeah. that problem today? Yeah. Well, yes, everything that was reasonable to do for that problem, I did. Right. Okay, I'm content. Yeah. I did what I did. I did what the Lord called me yeah. to do. Or no, I didn't. I should have made a phone call, whatever. Yeah. Now I confess that, yeah. and then I rest. Yeah. Contented that the yeah. Lord's forgiven that. Or, no, it, um, it, it, it's not something I could have done today. That's tomorrow's problem. Well, I can make a plan for that, and now I've done my work, yeah. and now I can go to sleep. And I just have found that to be yeah. 
just a really practical tool yeah. on um, middle of the night. Yeah. Um, in dealing with someone who is struggling with anxiety, uh, fear, and the f- and physical effects, do you believe it's wise at times underscore to use medication as they also deal with issues in counseling? Yeah, when you get into the medications, uh, that can be a, it's a very, um, I think, a, a conscience issue with the person themselves. I, I try not to get in telling people whether you should be on medication, off medication. We're talking about psychotropic meds, uh, antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications, not diabetes, you know, insulin. But the, those medications, I... I I'm more interested in why they want the mm-hmm. medication. And if they're thinking that's the solution, then I'm, I'm not telling them don't take it. I'm just trying to help them understand that will treat symptoms that won't be the cure. But if they go, I'm going to do the medication as I work on the clear problem that I'm dealing with in my heart, then okay. I mean, it's your, your choice to do that. Uh, one particular um, guy I know who was given a pretty high dosage and a pretty strong uh, antidepressant, um, I just encouraged him, listen, I'm, I'm not your doctor, but I would look up that, that medication and read about it. And he did, and he said, phew, I'm not going to be taking that. Um, usually they don't tell you a lot of the side effects. And that, to me, is the side effects are often worse than the problem you're having. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted him to be informed. He made the choice, no, I'm going to do some other things. Okay, but talk to your doctor about that, but... It, I just wanted you to be informed. He didn't tell you to go read on what you're going to be taking. But I know that that is some pretty high-powered stuff. And what I know of you, you're not dealing with anything that would deserve that, but that's your doctor. You talk to him or her, whatever it might be. So I try to stay away from the meds, even the issue, unless they're taking, they want the, they want, Chemical sanctification, yeah. and that won't it won't happen. Yeah. So that's when I'm. Or if I see some symptoms that I know the medication, some of the side effects are are surfacing up. I can't sleep at night. I go, well, that's one of the major side effects. Yeah. Talk to your doctor. Maybe there's a different one he could prescribe or she could prescribe that would be more helpful. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to deal with what is going on in their heart most to center in on that. Um, you mentioned in passing at one point uh, panic attacks. Hmm. Um, would you put panic attacks in the category of fear, anxiety, and mm-hmm. are they ever biologically based? Uh, it involves the body, uh, but I don't. they've not proven that the body mm-hmm. is the origin. And... The panic uh, attacks, even the world lumps all that together with obsessive-compulsive, with worry, with fear. They'll put panic attacks right on in there uh, with them. But it is usually what a person's thinking and wanting 
and it, it just kicks the body into the adrenaline flow. And now you've got huge amount of energy and they're not moving and they need to. Go for a walk, go for a jog, go exercise, do something. You've got lots of energy you need to burn off. Uh, most time I, I see that in person was um, before baptismal night at Grace Community Church in California with Dr. MacArthur's church. So we would all take turns as staff pastors uh, to do the baptism on Sunday nights before 3,000 people. And they've all got to share their testimony. They have to share their testimony in front of the, the, the group there. And you start seeing the thoughts of the people. Uh, and we, we start uh, usually around 3.34 on Sunday afternoon, and so there's a group of people getting baptized. And so I would be sitting there and, okay, just go around and share your testimony. And many have it written out. That's fine. You, they can read their, their testimony and share it. So they start going around, and then you start seeing some of them going, <sighs> you know, and it, 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 the adrenaline, the, the, the fear, that the hormone there of the fight or flight hormone, it's, it, it's in them, and now it's starting to seize them up. It, it's their breathing, uh, their heartbeat, uh, they, like an elephant sitting on my chest, kind of experience. So I want them to go ahead and, you know, read their testimony and then get up and just start walking around. Just start walking around. It was a big room down there. Uh, just burn off some energy. Don't just sit there. And um, so many individuals I've talked with, so I have a panic attack in the car driving home. Well, what were you thinking about? I wasn't thinking about anything. I was thinking about dying. I thought I was going to die. I go, yeah, but what were you? Back up half hour, <laughs> you know, back up a half hour to an hour earlier. What were you thinking about? Oh, they were talking about laying people off at work. I thought maybe I'd be laid off. Okay, and it started. I'm just trying to back up and find out what concerns yeah. were going on yeah. that triggered this this movement. But yeah, the panic attacks is definitely the. We're an embodied soul, so we have embodied soul, and when that soul's not doing right, the body just kicks in, and now can't sleep, ulcers, you know, all the things that can come with it, panic attacks. Um, but often that is the case. I wouldn't say it always, but it, often that's the issue. So with a panic attack, you're you're essentially approaching it in the same manner. Uh, what are you thinking? What are you wanting? What are you desiring? What's motivating, driving you? And then replacing that with yeah, that, that's got kind of a long term mm-hmm. desire, long term yeah. solution. Um, when you start having that again, and maybe go for a walk. Yeah, um, th- things are starting to to kind of move in on yourself. Try to go for a walk and 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 pray, think think biblically. If you have a friend, call them on your walk. But uh, don't just sit somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, there are some Christians who say that fear and anxiety are not inherently sinful. Mm. In fact, I've got a book in my briefcase at this moment mm. um, that I'm told makes that assertion. Um, 
And uh, the assertion is that what makes fear and anxiety sinful is our response to that. Um, would you disagree or agree with that premise, and how would you answer that idea from Scripture? Yeah, I, I would probably want to know how are they defining the word anxiety, because it's the same word. Mm-hmm. Remember, the, the, that concern, anxiety is the same term. Yep. So if they're saying, well, it's anxiety, well, I... I think that's when it, it's handled unrighteously. Mm-hmm. But if you just say it's a concern and handle it right, just say anxiety can be fine. I'm, I would struggle with the Lord saying, "Be anxious for nothing." You know, don't don't worry in Matthew six. Uh, in fear, uh, if it's the protection fear for the glory of God sort of that preservation that we talked about, sort of a self. It's a love to protect yourself, to be more useful and fruitful and to glorify God from harm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's fine. Or the fear of God would be fine. But fear of man would not be. So I, I don't know if it's semantics or if there's some passage he's going to yeah. different than that. I'll let you know. I'm reading the book. Oh, okay. <laughs> or I'm going to. Um, I was raised in a home with a very abusive father. Hmm. Um, unclear what the abuse is. Um, I'm currently staying in the home with my father, and I'm struggling with fear. True. Your counsel. Boy, I would... Yeah, and it's pretty, are... pretty open-ended and yeah. not enough detail, right? <clears throat> When it comes to a personal situation, it's going to take some personal uh, information to find out what's all going on. Is, is there any threats? Is there, uh, if it's just memories of what happened in the past, but it's not going on now, there's nothing even a hint at danger, then how do I, how I deal with my thoughts of the past biblically? Same way, I'd take the thought journals and I'd work them through. Uh, if it's fearful that that could happen now, mm-hmm. um, I would, and again, I don't know enough, but I probably would suggest not to stay there. Um, but I just don't, I don't know enough. Yeah. Um, so a, a case, when some, one of you, whoever, you know, writes like, I'm going through this, that takes a Proverbs 18:13. Don't answer in matter before you've heard it. it. It takes more information to know what's the situation. Because if I were to say, "Oh yeah, just stay there," and something terrible happens, I mean, if, that would be horrible, and I wouldn't want to counsel that way. So, if there's any threat of harm, I would say, "Don't be there. Find another friend, someone else that you can live with." But if it's memories, um, then that would just take some counseling to work through what's all happened, have, how have you responded, Who is it a believer that was the abusive one, were they a believer then, now? There's just a lot of things you'd work through on how to resolve any kind of past conflict, any past abuse, depending on what happened in the past. Is it something that should be reported? Um is there danger of it, him or her repeating the abuse? Um, I've been through that with family members. 
where the abuse from the past with one ended up with grandchildren and the future. And so there, there's, you know, there's a lot going on there that you'd want to know to give counsel. So it's just really hard on personal situations to, without the knowledge, yeah. to give an answer. Yeah. Um, let's say that there is not a current threat. Maybe a couple of resources you might suggest that might be helpful for somebody um, if they don't have access to a biblical counselor. Uh, on dealing with past abuse, yeah. I think of Steve Vyers. Uh, has a excellent book on it's entitled Putting Your Past in Its Place. And it just walks you through uh, what to do with your past where you were at fault and make sure you take the log out of your own eye kind of thing, deal with your own failures. And then how do you deal with people who have sinned against you in your past, in the innocent past, your innocent past? And then how to deal with issues on that end. And it just kind of walks you through, has a, a helpful chart to kind of map your way on working through your past. That's probably one of the better books yeah. that I know on past. Yeah. Any come to your mind? Um, there, that was the first one that came okay. to mind. We also have a little pamphlet in our bookstore called Bad Memories, and I don't remember oh. the author. Okay. But it takes a lot of the same kinds of principles okay. as Steve does and just yeah. really helpful. Um, Greg Gifford's book on PTSD. Oh, okay. Do you remember yep. the yep. title on that one? Over, no, over, overcoming find PTSD, it. something, yep. something. But um, really, really helpful book. Yep. Um, and it it's not quite, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's more specific than the right. bad memories, but yep. um, but it, in the same category. You, you know, when you've gone through some really traumatic situations. It's just a new normal for you, you know, to handle the things biblically, but there's a new normal. Um, like I went through a traumatic situation, hit by a car. So when I'm out walking, jogging, I may look over my shoulder a little bit more than you might look over your shoulder on the road. It's just a, it's a normal. I'm not obsessed with it, but I hear any noise, I'm kind of turning where it would be different for you unless you were hit by a car. And it's okay. I can still love God and love my neighbor. Now, if I don't want to leave my house, now I'm not loving God or my neighbor. Yeah, that's good. So I don't want the event to prohibit me from loving God and loving my neighbor. But it's just a little new normal for me, for anyone, in any kind of traumatic event. And it's an opportunity for God to grace you with strength during that time. So it's an opportunity to grow more like Jesus, but it's a little different normality for you since you encountered that than maybe other people. Yeah, good. Um, In your booklet, um, Anxiety, Anger, Anxiety, and Fear, um, you say on page 6, Anger is always accompanied by other sins when it is uh, tolerated, unconfessed. Mm-hmm. Um, is that true also of fear and anxiety? Um, yeah, I always like to say always. You know, that's always a thing. I probably go back and edit that most often. I don't probably can't think of an exception. 
but uh, always is kind of a, it often goes with attending sins. Mm -hmm. Anxiety, fear, and anger, if you let it go, other sins come in. So for Abraham, his fear, the next attending sin was lying. So I wouldn't counsel Abraham about lying. It's his fear. Most people, when they're fearful, lie. So it, it anger, you know, then you'll say things, you'll do things. And that's why murder, anger is like murder. It, it just leads to hurting people more and more and saying things and not dealing with them. Uh, it's a hateful, hateful thing in relationships, anger. So I... I would say most often. I can't think of exceptions, but I'm just probably be safe by saying most often. What are some things you would typically see that attend fear and anxiety as corollary sins or sins that flow out of? Uh, isolation is a big one. That's why all the phobias. Mm-hmm. Uh, you begin to isolate yourself from people, from circumstances. Uh, I remember one person, she wouldn't come with her husband for counseling because they'd have to cross a bridge and she was fearful of crossing bridges and um, so I, I talked through issues on the phone to try to help her with uh, thinking through that um, so isolation um, usually uh, re- relationships are um, unreconciled and even broken over, um, I refuse uh, to love an individual when they need to be loved. And so I'm going to refuse to do the 35 one another's. So I'm going to be unloving. I'm going to isolate myself. Um, other things that come to your mind, I'm just trying to think out. Um, yeah. Uh, lying for sure with fear. Uh, anxious uh, for me, anxiousness, uh, worrying. Uh, I squandered a lot of opportunities to talk to people, to reach out to people. Uh, if I was scared to, of people, obviously I would not be coming up to you and saying, "Hi, I'm Stuart. Who are you?" I mean, I, it was just very selfish, very pride and selfishness. You mentioned one earlier about laziness. And oh yeah, I'm fearful yeah. that yeah. this is going to happen, and I'm fearful because I haven't been doing what I needed to be doing right. all along the way. Yeah, the the man who hid his talent was fearful about. He said, "I'm I was fearful of you that you might, you know." And so I hid it, mm-hmm. and um, well, the Lord says to him, "You wicked and lazy servant." Mm-hmm. You know, wicked and laziness of being irresponsible. Yeah. Um. So one of the one a particular manifestation of fear and anxiety is OCD. Mm. All right, so people trying to control mm. their circumstances in a variety of ways. Uh, maybe some resources that you might recommend for that, or um, is there is there anything different that you would do in approaching that person mm. and helping them than what we've already talked about? Yeah, if, per, if, if a person was diagnosed with that or self-diagnosed. Uh, I'd want to get a full story 
timeline, uh, how, how far back this goes. It did just start last year, last month, during COVID, or way before then. Mm. I just want to get to know what's most important to them. Um, no sin is ever isolated. It just kind of moves off into various areas of their life. Um, the COVID thing has upped the, the anxiety, as I mentioned, 28% in one year of uh, the stats. Uh, as far as resources, uh, Steve Byers counseled um, a man with OCD in the Counseling the Hard Cases mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. book. And very helpful to read through how he helped a guy um, with obsessive, obsessing over a particular uh, road signs or numbers or something like that. Uh, there's a there's booklets I've seen, but I'm not sure if it was in the Lifeline series on OCD or CCEF, but I've seen some on OCD. But I, I find that a person, um, one, they they want certainty, control and certainty, are like two major idols going on, idolatrous lusts. I have to be certain I have... No germs on my hand. I have to be certain that 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 door was locked, and so I'll check it 20 times. I just have to be. Um, it's excessive. But you're, you want to find out what are you wanting more than pleasing God, loving God, and loving other people. And you're going to see self rising up more than the Lord and other people. It's, 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 it's about me. And that all idolatrous lusts are self-serving. I'm being selfish. And I'm being deceived. So there's a couple of the heart issues that come out. But Steve's chapter was very helpful, just kind of walking through, helping an individual. That's good. Yeah. That's good. All right, well, I've got 3 o'clock. I'm assuming you can hang around for a few minutes yet. If you have further questions, um, feel free to ask. Um, And as I said at the beginning of the day, if you've been kind of had your interest peaked and said, you know, this was helpful, but I need more help, Mm. um, we're here to help you. That's what we do. That's why we're hosting this conference, Mm. and we'd love to come alongside you, counsel you if that would be a benefit. You can call our church office. I'm not sure if they'll... Uh, folks are still next door uh, at the table, but um, call the church office, get information about how our counseling process works, and, and let us come alongside to be that person that walks through the scriptures and your life situation to help you. Um, Stuart, would you give thanks? Absolutely. I just want to thank you all for coming. It's good to see all your... Um, uh, I pray it was an encouragement. Uh, a lot of prayer has been gone into this just to encourage you that the Lord would encourage you with his word. Thankful for this church and its its commitment uh, to Christ and his word and reaching out to people. And a lot of you represent churches that do the same thing. And mm-hmm. uh, just really thankful to the Lord for his goodness and grace. Even going through the gospel. Praise God for salvation through Christ. Amen. Amen.
All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together. Lord, there, there are concerns, and we must have them. We must have concerns. Uh, we, we, we wouldn't be loving you. We wouldn't be loving other people if we didn't have concerns. But just help us to take them, manage with the help of the Holy Spirit, guided by your word, uh, focused on the Lord Jesus, and, and handle them in a way that pleases you. Uh, all for your glory. And Lord, when we do, when we do sin and, and our worry or sinful fear, help us to be quick to run to Jesus. Uh, help us to be quick to confess our sins and find that you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, thank you again for the fact that you are in control. You, you are the sovereign one. You're perfect in all your ways. You're all wise. And, Lord, we can trust you. We mm. don't want to doubt your faithfulness and your care mm. uh, in our concerns. And mm. we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.